Football is back, people. Big match day preview on Loaded Mag NUFC away days. Come on. I get those goosebumps every time. I just have to get the big fella off the bench. Oh Could this be their last chance now? And it comes Monster to the ground! He scores! Harley Monster scores! I'm waiting on you. Yeah. It's waiting on you. Yeah. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the hind to throw that to the tire. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, when you're not around, we throw that to the tire. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah, 713, through the 21, yeah, I'm riding, why they on me, why they on me, I'm riding, I'm sitting low key, I'm sitting low key and go here we go welcome back uh, another show this week loaded mag and ufc going for the big match preview on away days uh welcome everyone to the channel hope you're all well um and ready to talk football again not transfers not anything else but football related stuff so uh i got the main man with me the old brandon blaze in the house how are you uh how's things fella i'm good mate yep very good um really I, like you you've hit the nail on the head pete really looking forward to actually talking a bit of football Um, always miss the premier league when it's not on Um, so yeah really looking forward to this weekend and we've picked a we've picked a nice difficult one haven't we but we're at home um, we've coming off the back of a fantastic derby win in the FA Cup, so why not? Why not? Definitely, and I was going to ask you actually. Um, you know, what, what, how, how are you feeling off the back of that um, absolute trouncing at, at the Stadium of Light uh, at the weekend? Uh, you, you, not that you're feeling confident about the game, but like, are you, mm. you, you feeling a little bit better about Newcastle's position at the moment? I would say I'm feeling encouraged because we haven't seen a performance like that from Newcastle for a long time. Um, so, you know, it was nice to see us kind of getting back in the swing and hopefully it is a confidence thing. And that's why we've not really been playing the way that we should be. Um, you know, we, we've struggled in, in recent weeks, all bar the Fulham game, which I think gave us a helping hand because of that red card for Val Jimenez. Um, so, you know, tonight, it was, tonight, Saturday is all about keeping keeping that momentum up keeping that press up keeping that intensity up um because we we arguably we're coming up against the, one of the best teams in Europe if not the best team in Europe so we need to be at full capacity full strength and we need to give it everything and with 52,000 behind us there's no reason why we can't and wouldn't wouldn't it be a fantastic result if we could pull it off and let's let's be honest and LB, LB I don't know how LB's going to feel about this when he when he when he comes on but let's be honest Man City aren't firing on all cylinders at the minute, I think it's fair to say. So it's not as if, you know, we're coming up against a Man City who've, you know, coming off the back of, say, 10 wins on the bounce or something like that. Yes, they've still got a quality team. Yes, we're probably going to be seeing Kevin De Bruyne this weekend, which I'm sure Man City fans are happy about, but we're not necessarily happy about. <laughs> but um, either way, it, it's it, it's there. There's an opportunity for us, definitely. Yeah. 
100%. Yeah, there is. Um, I'm always confident at St. James's Park we can give anybody a game. Um, and, yeah, yeah. and so that is the case, uh, definitely. Um, great to have so many in the chat already. Uh, great to see LB1998. I think I saw I think I saw their first comment. They were just first comment was just like 4 1 Oh, my Four God. We never started the show yet, man. And you always see throwing his under, under a bus. But no, no we, we, we get it. We get it. Um, Ewan's in the chat. Great to see Jordy Team for Life. Like to Jason Scott. Um, Jules, uh, obviously a resident spanner. Tom Dixon, hope you're well. Um, and many, many more. I haven't gone back up. Oh, you've got David Cook in there. You've got Connie in there. Would I eat there? Stu, great to see him back in the chat as well. The likes of Bill uh, that was in early doors too. So many and many, many more. Get your comments in. And most importantly, get your questions in for LB. And the main man is here. I'm going to get him in because this is what we do on away days. Uh, we love to hear the opposition's view. So let's get him in from It's LB. Um, main man, LB, how you doing, fella? Yeah, good man. Thank you for having me on. I'm sorry I'm a bit late. I was on another stream that slightly overran, so apologies for the for the time. But yeah, um, good to be here, man. Good to be here. No worries. You know what we're like. We'll just ramble on about Newcastle United uh, until you get here anyway. So it's all good. But um, look, mate, great to have you on. Uh, and look to, to preview this game. And <laughs> to be fair, I did say to Chris, oh, yeah, we're going to stick to football chat tonight. We're going to stick to football chat. But uh, you know, because you've seen the, uh, you've already seen the chat, um, LB, the 12th man chat, and uh, we've been talking about it in Loaded as well. We've got to touch on it first uh, because it's sort of like the elephant in the room um, at this moment in time. Um, Craig Hope put the tweet out earlier on this afternoon, um, uh, all regarding the Darren Eels interview, which is now on the Newcastle United website, just over eight minutes long. And um, the big talking points coming out that, you know, there was warnings that there could be a star sold uh, for FFP so Newcastle can reinvest. Um there was a murmur of maybe not expecting any January signings and certainly none from Saudi, which I think surprised a lot of people. Um, talk about Eddie Howe's job at the moment, saying that he's going to be here for years. Get LB's thoughts on that as well later on. Hopeful that Dan Ashworth stays and doesn't go to Man United um, and Newcastle wanting to stay um, in St. James's Park. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. Um, first, boys, uh, Chris, I'll start with you, obviously, from a Newcastle perspective. Hearing that stuff kind of come out um, this evening um, sparked a lot of interest um, in Newcastle United fans, as you can imagine it would. Um, you know, Mark Douglas has always, always put, already put on there as well. Fifty Fair Play is really about protecting Premier League Big Six cartel and its fans, uh, its fans who are penalised. What are your thoughts about this, mate, before I come to Albert? Um, I think, well, I think from the first point, you know, about potentially selling a player to fund, to enable us to reinvest, that doesn't, that shouldn't, and I don't see why there's a big furore around it. It shouldn't come as a shock mm. because we saw that in Alan St. Maximum, uh, selling Alan St. Maximum to Saudi that allowed us to bring in the likes of Harvey Barnes. Um, so that, that shouldn't come as a big shock. And we've spoke about it on this channel for a, a long time anyway, haven't we, Pete? So, you know, um, in terms of, in terms of the January spend and no to Saudi loans, the no to Saudi loans is probably the most surprising thing for me um, because the January transfer spends, he's not going to come out and say, oh, by the way, lads, we're going to be spending 100 million. Um, you know, keep, keep your eyes peeled. So uh, that doesn't really shock me at all. Um, whether or not, you know, he's, he's trying to play, play, a, play a clever game, I don't know. But that... It... Sorry, did someone say something now? No. 
Oh, sorry. I must have heard. I must have heard something. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk over someone. Sorry. Um, yeah. So that that didn't really that didn't really come as a, a massive shock. The, the the biggest one for me was the was the Saudi loan one. Um, you know, to me, I don't understand why we're not utilizing that market. There must be a strategy behind it because there are players there that we could bring in that would definitely enhance the squad, even if it's just on a temporary basis. It doesn't have to be you know like a, a year, two year loan, even yeah. just for, till the end of the season. So there must be a bit of method in the madness there. Maybe they want to stay under the radar um, of the Premier League. I'm not sure. Um, in terms of Dan Ashworth, that 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 sounded a little bit negative to me in terms of saying he's hopeful. Maybe maybe that's just being respectful. I don't know. Mm. I, I I still I would still be flabbergasted if Dan Ashworth left for Man United. Yes, it's Man United. Yes, there's a, a, a huge project going on there now. Sergio Ratcliffe's coming, but he's still got a job to do here at Newcastle. And let's not forget. You know, we, we, we have very wealthy owners as well. And uh, the project's only just started. So, um, again, like I'm, I'm taking that with a pinch of salt. In terms of, um, in terms of, what was the other, what was the, the oh, Eddie Howe, years to yeah. come. I think, I think it's right that he backs the manager. He has, he has to back the manager. Um, again, I wouldn't expect him to kind of go anywhere other than that. We we all know, boys. This is a results business. As soon as the results aren't coming in, or if Newcastle continue to slide down the table, um, I'm sure that confidence and that you know belief in Eddie Howe may may waver a little bit. Um, let let let's hope not. You know, we all love Eddie Howe, and hopefully he will stay, and hopefully he can turn things around. But that is to come. But the, they're my they're my general overall thoughts on that. I wouldn't read too much into it. I think he, he's in in many parts. He's got to say he's got to say things to appease the fans. There's obviously certain things he can't say. Um, so yeah, it's it's great obviously to hear from people inside the club, but I'm, I'm I I don't get the uh, furore over it. I really don't because what you know he's not going to come out and as I said before and say oh yeah, keep an eye out in January. There's going to be some big signings because that's not something that you do. Uh, you certainly don't alert other clubs that you've got money and you're willing to spend it. So that narrative that he's he's plugging doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, no, uh, it's, there's a lot of that's not not come as a as a shock to me either. But LB, I want to get your thoughts on this because I know, um, you know, with FFP and all this talk, you you've had a lot of kind of opinions on on this in general going down the line. But but hearing it from a Newcastle perspective, you know, what what, what are your general thoughts on that? Um, you know, looking from the outside in. Well, you know, my my opinion has been the same since day one. FFP um, is a tool thoroughly designed by the elite level clubs to keep their clubs at the top of um, at the top. Manchester City fans, we've been telling fans this for over a decade. A lot of people wanted to bury their ends, heads in the sand, say, "Oh, of course you'd say that. Of course you said that." Doesn't matter about City now because we've already got the revenues, right? And at the end of the day, from a City point of view, I'd rather them turn the screw on this FFP even more because that'll help my football club. But that's anti-football. It's anti-competitive. You cannot have a league. You cannot have a sport competition, a football competition, where one club is allowed to spend one amount and another club is allowed to spend another. How stupid is that? You know what I mean? You've got to, You've got to be seriously delusional to think this is a good idea. The yeah. only people this benefits are the top teams. That's it. Fact. And City fans have been saying this for over a decade. Yeah, and no one wants to listen. Now, partly one of the reasons why no one wanted to listen is because the media in this country is ran by people who support the big clubs, right? And and obviously the big clubs have a large say of what goes out in the media. Why? Because 
they generate the big the, the big revenues and they've been pushing this and pushing this to where you get the sad part about this i've always said i don't get i don't i don't get really angry when fans of liverpool arsenal man united these clubs you know talk about ffp because at the end of the day it's their clubs that are pushing it and it benefits them when you see fans who support smaller teams or teams lower down, down in the divisions supporting ffp you, you, you realise just how much the media has brainwashed people into believing that this is a good thing for sport. Yeah. This is a horrendous thing for sport. It's absolutely ridiculous. I just don't understand how anyone can support a notion, again, where one club can spend X, but another club in the same competition cannot spend the same amount. Yeah. And people say, well, yeah, but they've got to build the revenues Luton Town are never going to build revenues to £700 million. Bournemouth Football Club are never going to build revenues to £700 million. It's never happening. The only way these teams are going to get sustained success is by having a rich owner who's willing to put the money in. That's it. That's the truth. And people don't want to hear it. Why? Because if you say the truth, then you've got to get rid of FFP. And then what happens is teams like Man United, yeah, who, who have owners that don't really want to put a lot of money in, they then lose the Champions League revenues and all of a sudden they're in the mud, which is one of the reasons why this guy's had to sell them sell part of the football club because yeah. he can't allow this to go on. It's an absolute joke. And, and and like I say, City fans have been saying this for 10 years. Why? Because we've been, we've obviously been at the front of it for that. We've been fighting this for a decade because our club's been, you know, teetering there or thereabouts on FFP. And sometimes we've breached FFP, like in 2014, for example. But it's absolutely, it's just a travesty, man. It's a travesty that people in this country think it's a good idea. It, it It's just horrific, bro. It's, it really is bad. No. Now, <clears throat> talking absolute facts, <clears throat> LB, absolutely. Um, and you echo certainly my thoughts and, and, and Chris as well. And I, I imagine uh, a number of people in the chat have been saying it for a while. Um, it is to protect those top, top clubs um, and to keep them in position. They didn't want this Newcastle United takeover. They didn't want the Man City takeover, but they had no choice. Um, they definitely didn't want the Newcastle takeover, which is why it took the best part of 18 months to get signed off. Um, but by signing off our takeover, there was clearly certain caveats that we had to um, to agree to in order for that to go through. Um, and although we're benefiting now because we're now looking up at the top end of the table, it has stunted our growth because we did the impossible of getting Champions League after a year of just saving ourselves in the Premier League. But then it stopped us now because we can't then take the next step as quickly as we'd like to. You honestly think that we'd have gone for a, a, a summer transfer window in the summer with just signing the likes of Tonali, Barnes, um, Tino Livramento, although very good signings, we would have absolutely gone to town. Um, we would be would we be arguing and we're going to get onto this conversation about getting a, a Man City player on loan? No, we wouldn't. We'd be going out and buying a ready-made player to come into this team. We'd be in a completely different position. Um, and we've got the money to do it. And that's the frustrating thing. However, um, it, it's been clear that this is the, the plan all along. Um, and I genuinely, genuinely think there's a lot more teams now that are starting to, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, boys, but there's a lot more clubs now that are starting to really kind of stand up and take notice of this. And like, do you think, I'll come back to you, LB, do you think at some point there will be enough teams that will stand up to this, that will create um, a, a notion where they've got to have to go and reconsider it? 
Well, it depends if they want to win. It depends what what owners they have. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I am starting to see clubs now um, and opposition fans really question this. Now, unfortunately, people are still looking at Manchester City as the bad guy here. We ain't the bad guy in this. We're not. The rules are a joke. And City have been telling that the rules are a joke for a long, long time. That Everton get done, yeah. And now there's obviously a couple of rumours that are a couple of other teams are, are borderline and potentially could get done. I think Forrest are involved. I think Everton could be getting done again next year uh, if their accounts. Obviously, you boys are, are on the edge. I think Arsenal are struggling to sign players because because of this, yeah. So listen, for me, it's 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 clear. It is absolutely clear that this needs to be scrapped. And and what I really don't like is when people get really disingenuous and start saying, "Well, it's there to protect the clubs going out of business." No, it's not. No, it's not. Because if it was, you wouldn't allow losses. You wouldn't allow losses, would you? If it was there to protect clubs going bust, why would you allow losses? That doesn't make no sense to me. You know what I mean? So this isn't this isn't for anything about stopping clubs from going bust. This is this is quite simply um, a tactic designed to keep the, the 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 big clubs at the top. Because listen, you got to go back, go back to it before City broke the mold. Yeah, you had the top four every year. It was called the Big Four, wasn't it, boys? We called the Big Four. Yeah, you had the Arsenal, uh, United, Liverpool, Chelsea, right? And and a couple of times. Uh, I think uh, Spurs might have got in there once or twice. And uh, now and again, someone broke in, but ultimately it was the big four and they owned it. And their owners loved it, didn't they? They absolutely loved it because they were getting all the Champions League revenues. They were getting the revenues from being in the top four. They massively outspent everybody else. This isn't an opinion. This is facts. This is complete facts. They were getting all the Champions League revenue. But obviously Chelsea come along and they were part of the big four and started spending money. Now this pissed off the other owners. Why did it? Why did it upset them? Why? Because you had people like the Glazers who weren't putting any money into the football club. Yeah, they had one of the greatest managers of all time, and they were winning stuff. But then you had an owner coming in, Roman Abramovich, who said, "Yeah, I'm not bothered about making money. I'm not bothered about uh, taking dividends because why? Because I'm a billionaire. I'm a multi-billionaire. I want to win, so I'll spend whatever it takes to win." And this, I think, this started to get people people's attention, but nothing happened. Then shape came. Yeah, who's even richer. And again, he's not bothered about taking a dividend. He, he, he's not building Manchester City Football Club business to take £50 million a year in a, in a, in a, in a dividend. The guy's a multi-multi-billionaire. Why? He wants to win football. He wants to win trophies. So he started investing. And whatever it took, we would pay money. We would overpay for players. We would overpay wages. But we wanted to win. And and as with, as the decades have gone, our wages have become more under control because we don't have to pay um, overpay players because players actually want to join our football club. Whereas at the first, understandably, they didn't, so you had to overpay. Yeah. And again, this is now this this, this started to get the the, the the top teams worried. Said, well, if Chelsea can do it, and Manchester City can do it. What happens if two, three, four other teams all get bought, all start spending three hundred million a, a transfer? Our dividends are going to be stopped. Why? Because we're going to have to invest. We're going to invest that money that we're taking as dividends, that money that we're taking out the football club, we're going to have to put back into the club to get the transfers in to get that Champions League revenue. It doesn't yeah. take a rocket scientist. This isn't some massive conspiracy Yeah, where we're going to get shut down off of YouTube because, oh, you can't say that. It's just facts. It's obvious. Just use your brain. Do you know what I mean? And listen, it's a sad situation. I am noticing a trend now of fans who are realising that this is a joke. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I want more clubs to be bought. Because the more clubs that get bought by super, super rich owners, yeah, the more people will start to realise what a big con this is. 
Yeah, big, big con. It's a massive con. And I want, I, I like I say, I want Newcastle to do well. Yeah, sat these old clubs, man, who, who were winning it for, for ages and just hoarding the trophies. And all City are kind of doing that now, but it won't last forever. Yeah, I want, I want the, the likes of Villa. That's why I'm so happy to see Villa up there. Mm. Yeah, I've said to Pete on a number of occasions, yeah, you're having a terrible season. What did I say last time we done a preview? I said, don't worry, eventually you are going to win stuff because you're not, you're not going to not win stuff when you've got the Saudis owning you. These guys have unlimited money. So as far as I'm concerned, let everyone be bought by the rich guys. Now, people will say then, lads, well, how do you protect clubs going bust? Well, at the end of the day, there's, there's very little that you can do. There's only so much that you can do in football to protect clubs from going bust. At the end of the day, football clubs are businesses and businesses, unfortunately, sometimes go bust. So, you know, you can try and think of ideas. I've said, look, a couple of ideas you could have is, um, you know, you, you can put, you can put like a year's worth of operating expenses in an escrow account. And if the if the owner does decide that he's going to do one and not putting any money in, you have that year's worth of funds to supply the club with, with funds for a full year. But you'd have to, you can't just expect clubs to put 500 million quid in a bank account overnight. You'd have to do that over a period of a decade. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's only so much that you can do. But at the end of the day, you know, football, football teams are businesses. And, and, and unfortunately, some clubs will go bust. Is it sad? It's very sad because they're part of our lives. But... It's, you know, this this ain't the answer, man. This ain't the answer at all. It's really, really not. It's not. And, um, you know, it's it's getting to the point where there's obviously conversations about Newcastle potentially having to sell, sell one of their stars. I'm not quite convinced on that. Um, I do think there's an element of of a PR spin from the club um, that, that is at play here as well. Um, but I do think there's an element of truth to it with regards to the FFP and, and, and the way we the way we stand. We know from having Kieran Maguire on our show that, Chris, we, we do have money to spend. Mm. There is money available, but it's not the sort of money that we would want to have available to be able to go out and um, spend the money, you know, uh, the way in which we want to. But, you know, do, do you think that... We're going to be in the position where we're going to lose somebody at some point in the near future. I think so, yeah. Um, and and to be honest, even taking FFP to one side, that that's just a natural cycle. That's just that's just how football works. I, I, I suggest, Pete, everyone's got the price. You know, if someone if someone came in now and stuck 150 million on the table for Alexander Isak, we don't want to lose him. But 150 million people then start going. Oof, like, what could we do with that? You know, you, you could go out and buy three fifty million pound players, and it improves the squad. We don't want to lose players like Alexander Isak, but everybody, everybody has a price. We saw it in the past with Neymar. As soon as PSG come in with two hundred million for Neymar, off he went. Mm -hmm. it, it 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 just happens. And you know, going back to what LB said as well, you know, we've seen we've seen with Chelsea. The problem with FFP is. It's just restricting clubs, isn't it? And it's it's keeping keeping that top four, top six, whatever you want to call them. It's keeping it's keeping them away from everybody else. Yeah. But as Chelsea have shown, Chelsea, I, I don't know how they've bent the rules, and maybe maybe that will come, you know, catch up with them eventually. But money doesn't guarantee you success, and it doesn't guarantee that you will win trophies, you will win football matches. But mm. it does make things easier. So I, mm. I agree with what LB is saying because nine times out of ten, if you keep going and keep throwing money at it, you will get it right. Um, and that's the difficulty for us at the moment as a, as a club, because when you say, Pete, we have got money, we've got loads of money, but we just can't spend it. And the difficulty is we're having to follow these rules that, we, you know, have been set and we have to try and do our best to make the money work. 
and be able to try and improve the squad year on year, window on window. But it is difficult. It's it's not easy. Um, is what, it, because what, here's the thing, Chris. Right? Because to spend more money, they'll say, right, well, we want you to increase your revenues. So how do you increase your revenues? You increase your revenues by sponsors. So you go to sponsors and say, yeah, we'll, we'll give you more money. If you if you reach the semi-final of the Champions League, we'll give you all this money because that'll be great for us. Okay, to do that, what do I need? Players. What do players cost? Money. Okay, so you can't do it then. Yeah, it's basically, it's, it's almost an impossible task. And and, and as well, you've got you to, not every transfer works. Sometimes you buy a player and they don't, they don't succeed. So now it's going to put such big pressure. Yeah, huge amount of pressure on on these transfers working. If you sign a player and it doesn't really work out, that could that could potentially screw you for a couple of years if it's a big yeah. money signing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 so frustrating and for you guys in particular, like like you say, you've got unlimited money. Like you're owned by a fund that has like there's basically unlimited amounts of cash. Like I don't actually think even if there was no FFP that they would just go and splash all the cash straight away. I think they'd try and build the club properly over a period of years, which is the right way to do it. But they'd certainly be investing every transfer window to to, to push you up. Um, and it's just frustrating that that, that you that you're not allowed to do that, you know. And people say, well, what do you do? Do you do um, do you do like a spending cap? But then, you, but then you, you're limiting the growth of the league because yeah. you got you got you got to think as well. The league's eating itself up here, yeah. It's going to eat itself up, in my opinion. For example, Mbappe, right? I know you could potentially get him on a free transfer this this summer, right? But say say people say, well, put a spending cap. No team can spend more than two hundred million pounds a season, a transfer window. Well, you think you think Haaland, if Haaland was at Real Madrid now, you think they'd sell him for less than two hundred million? You think Mbappe would go for less than two hundred million? So what you're effectively doing is that unless you put the spending cap at five hundred million, in which case it's pointless in putting that spending cap because it's every you know that's just a ridiculous amount of money. Then you, you then you're going to limit yourself. The league is going to limit its ability to attract the superstars because unfortunately that they're worth a lot of money. And we were talking in my stream today. How much would we sell Harlem for if we sold him? Trust me, no one's saying anything that starts with less than a two. Yeah, we're looking at two hundred million plus when Casado's going for one fifteen. So you can't have spending caps, and then people say, um, "What about wage caps?" Well, again, then, then again, you have to you run into the same issue. If Mbappe can go to Spain, right, or Saudi Arabia, and earn all this money, and, and, and we're saying as a league, yeah, but we're putting this on, you're going to limit yourself. In, the, the league's going to limit its ability to buy these proper mint players because you can't pay them properly, or people get them in, and then they'll just pay the player down the you know for brown envelopes type situation. And then again, it's just it's sort of what's the point in doing that? And also, I have personal sort of disagreement with it in, in principle. Yes, these players are earning a ridiculous amount of money, but they earn the money because they bring the money into the league. Yeah. So is it is it who gets the money? So if you say, well, let's let limit the players, the players shouldn't be allowed to earn 400 grand a week. Right. But if you limit them to 200 grand a week, where's that money going? To the billionaire owner? Is that is that any better? Because I'll tell you one thing, it's not going to not be knocked off your season ticket prices. You're yeah. a fool if you think that's going to happen. So you might as well let the player have it rather than the billionaire owner. So it's, I just think I just think people sometimes try and fix it. And yes, is there too much money in the game? Yes. Should the players like Caicedo who's played 18 months Premier League be going for 115? No. But none of the suggestions that anyone ever comes up with are legit. They're just not legit. They're all just rubbish. The rubbish suggestions. And the people at the top are not going to want to come up with a suggestion because like you've just said right from the, the top of the show, LB, is that they want to keep those top six in, in in the top six. So they're, they're not going to come up with a solution. So somebody else outside of that has to come up with a solution. Mm -hmm. And unless there's enough pressure on them, 
They're not going to change it. They're just going to keep it going the way it is. And this is what I was saying um, to a few people in the Geordies Down South chat and a few people on socials is that <clears throat> this is why I never expected Newcastle United to be a two, three-year turnaround. Bang, bang, bang. We're now at the top. It wasn't going to be like that because we are fighting in a different moment here, in a different era in terms of what we're able to do. This is not going to be a quick win. The fact that we got Champions League when we did was a surprise. And a welcome surprise by all of us, but it, we had to we had to be patient, and we're going to have to be patient in order to continually get there. Our, our our revenues were one of the lowest in the Premier League before we had the takeover. Mike Ashley invested nothing into the club. We had no sponsorships. We were and when we did, they were the worst sponsorships in the league. We had nothing. All he did was put his own Sports Direct as sponsorship for, for Newcastle United and gave himself himself back the money that he was putting into the club, effectively. So we had to start from scratch. We went from takeover in 2021, in October, to now, in what January 2024, we've managed to turn it around and ensure that we're now, after these last records that have come out, we're now the, the biggest revenue earner out of everyone else, the, the, the other 14 out of the top six. That's a massive achievement to do that in such a short space of time, to be able to get those revenues with all of them that had, uh, um, you know, they had a head start on us, more than a head start on us. But even though we're still there, we're still the best part of 250, 200 to 250 million away in revenue from the lowest of the top six, which is Tottenham. I think they're on 440. We're still the best part of 200 million away from them in terms of earnings, revenue. And so the gap's still massive. So although we've been able to stretch and claw that gap back with the rest of the 14, we've still got a massive push to be able to get to that point. You guys are on 700. You're even further away. So it's going to take us even longer. So this is not going to be an easy process to get to that point in which we're able to invest and invest properly. But we've got to be patient as a fan base. It's going to take time. But when we get there, and LB, you've said it to me before, and you've just said it again tonight, we will get there. I'm confident that at some point we will be fighting at the top table for the leagues alongside yourself, LB, and others in the years to come. But we're going to have to be patient. Newcastle fans have been in the 30 years I've supported this club, have been very impatient at times. They want it and they want it now. And because the Champions League's come about, we want it now. And, I, you know, there's times where I've been like that myself, but sometimes I have to rein myself in and go, you know what? Need to be patient because it will come. We have to wait for it, but it will be there. Um, but look, we could talk about this all day, but it's a great chat. And uh, look, Chris and LB talking facts as always. It's a great conversation. Um, but look, let's talk about your team, LB. Let's talk about Man City, uh, the treble winners, um, the best team in the world, effectively, uh, the World Club Cup winners. Um, but at this moment in time, um, not quite where you would be or you would want to be um, in the league table. And if I put it up there, I don't know if you can see that. Um, third in the league, five points adrift, although a game in hand of, of Liverpool. How would you assess your season so far, LB? And, you know, are, are you are you kind of, are you worried about your chase for the title this second half of the season? 
No, nah, not worried. Not not worried. I'm pretty confident we'll we'll win the league. Um, I describe it as slightly disappointed, uh, but exactly where I, I I wanted us to be in terms of um, in terms of position in the league. Um, the first game of the season when Kevin De Bruyne got injured against Burnley after 20 minutes. After that game, I said, just get me within seven points of whoever's top of the league by the time Kevin De Bruyne gets back in January. Mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne is now back. We are five points, but we've got a game in hand. Uh, win that is two points. We're exactly where I wanted to be. You don't need to be top of the table now. You don't, you don't win anything now. You know, Arsenal proved that last year. Mm-hmm. I don't care. There's only one match week that matters. That's match day 38. I mean, that's the one that really matters. You know, I don't care where we are in the, in, in the league table right now, so long as we're not out of the race, and we're certainly not out of the race. Real promising signs over the last couple of weeks that my team is actually starting to perform properly. Uh, three wins and a draw in the Premier League. We've not lost since our fifth fifth game. Kevin De Bruyne is now back. Don't think he'll start against you guys, um, but he is available. Haaland, I think, will probably be on the bench against Newcastle. Um, Jamie Docker is back. Uh, John Stones is around the corner. So, listen, I'm... Um, I'm very content with where we've, you know, people ask me this all the time. People say, Oh, you're not top of the league, bro. Are you worried? Nah, nah I could care less. You know what I mean? So, I, I, all I wanted to make sure is that we're just not, we don't drop out of the race. And and we've not, we're, we're five points behind with the game in hand. So, I'm I'm very, very calm with, with, with my position. We won six out of six in the Champions League. Um, we're in the fourth round of the FA Cup. I will probably get beat off Spurs because they've never even scored a goal at that ground. But yeah, listen, I'm, I'm buzzing. I think when you get to a point where your team starts winning stuff, Pete, you've got to have faith in your team. Yeah. And you guys, when you start winning trophies, you, you go for the same thing where, you know, uh, and I think this is where Arsenal fans struggle mm. because they don't really believe, do they? You know what I mean? Like, they, they give it all the chest at the start of the season. Say, oh, we've signed Rice, we've signed this guy, we've signed that guy. You know, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. They've had a little bit of a wobble. They're on the same amount of points. So have, you, have you seen some of the state of these Arsenal fans recently over the last week or two? Yeah, now you thought they would be in the relegation zone. Some of the stuff they're saying, and you know, oh, it's over, it's over, everything's done. You know, season's over. Hang on a minute. Yeah, you're fourth. You're five points behind Liverpool. You're in the next round of the Champions League. Uh, you know, have a have, have a word, but it's because they don't believe. Whereas, because I've seen my team win so much, I've been very, very fortunate and honoured to watch as much of success as I have. I'm sitting here going, I believe in my manager. I believe in my players. I'm calm. I'm buzzing. Do you know what, LB? That is such a good point because if you said to any Arsenal fan at the start of the season, <laughs> we're going to get to game 20 and you're going to be on exactly the same points as City, would they, would they take it? All day long. Of course he was. Yeah. Of course he was. This is what made me laugh the other day because, like, look, in the 12th man chat, <clears throat> Potts has been getting pelters for over a week now uh, with regards to Arsenal's position. I don't want this to be about an Arsenal show, but like, but I looked at the league the other day and I was thinking, hold on a second, exactly what you've just said, Chris and, and LB, like, they're on the same point. It's like, why why are they even going into meltdown? But they are going into meltdown. If anyone's watched uh, the 12th man Potts' channel with all the Arsenal um uh, all the Arsenal fans on recently, and all, and all the content that's going out from from uh, from uh, Pots. Jesus Christ, they are literally. It is. I think they've. Ref, I think they've referred to it in our chat. LB is civil war, haven't they? It's, <laughs> it's civil war at the moment We're in, in the Arsenal fan base, and it's just it's madness. It's absolutely madness. But look, you are where you are. Um, like I say, you're you're absolutely right to have confidence in your team because time and time again you've proven and got the job done. Um, 
And the, the, I'll be honest with you, from what I've seen from teams this season, some good performances from certain teams, Liverpool, Villa, Arsenal have had some good moments, Tottenham as well. Mm. But you're still there and you're still in and amongst it. Um, yeah. And you've not even kicked into gear yet. And we'll talk about some of your players that are going to be available. You've touched on some of them already later on in the show. Um, but I just want to get your thoughts really quickly on Newcastle United because you did refer to it <clears throat> and it did cringe kind of when you said it because you were like, Newcastle are having a terrible season, you know, and we, are, we aren't sitting in a pretty position. We're certainly not where we'd want to be ninth in the table. But what, what, what do you... What do you project, LB, for Newcastle United in the second half of the season? We're starting to get players back now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, that first eleven that you put out against Sunderland was was very, very strong, right? So there's no excuses for when you play us um, at the weekend um, because you're going you're gonna to put out a strong eleven. Look, I, I, I don't think you can dress this up. People think I've got an agenda against Newcastle. I, I, I just don't. I just say it as it is. This is a, if I would have said to you, right? So Chris, you just said that about Arsenal. If I would have said to you at the start of the season, you're ninth midway through the season, you can't tell me that you would have took that. That's very, very disappointing. No, Especially not. coming last in the Champions League. Okay, it was a tough group. Yeah, but coming last is still disappointing. You've had a very, very disappointing season, right? But you have had a few injuries, a few, um, you know, which has been <laughs> tough to deal with. But it's, it's been very disappointing. I said to you, the target should have been to get back into, into that top four. That should have been the target. Now, if you don't get the top four, listen, it's not a disaster. It's not a major issue, but that should be the target. And you should, you guys should set yourself high targets because you're a good football club. You have good players. Yeah, so you don't want to be dropping, you don't want to be dropping your targets just because you want to try and, you know, not put pressure on the players and the manager. You should you, you should have pressure on the players and the manager. You know, you've got good players there. You know, some of the players, and I said to you, Pete, didn't I, the other day, he's sacking for me, he's the second best striker in the league. Yeah. So you've got some good players. So this is very, very disappointing. Um, the good news is. You know, you've got a lot of games to rectify this and your players are starting to come back from injury. And of course, a lot of your players will be fresh because, you know, you've had a lot of injuries when they come back. Hopefully, hopefully you can you can do well. I think you should be targeting sixth to fifth now. Uh, I, I think that top four might just be out of your reach um, because you've probably dropped too many points. But sixth to fifth, and I don't, I, I really don't understand this fifth place nonsense, but Maybe you could get Champions League again if, if you finish fifth. I don't really understand how it all, all that stuff's working. Don't well, like it. Think it's LB, we're leading on you for this. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll sort you out, man. <laughs> is because at this moment in time, at this moment in time, we are currently third in the coefficient. So right. we need to be in the top two. So Germany, I believe, are way in ahead. The They're right. going to get it. And at the moment, and it kind of is partly our responsibilities because AC Milan went through mm. to Europa League and we didn't, that's kind of tipped the balance and they're now second in Italy. Yeah. Now, yeah. we've got a lot of teams still in Europe, yourselves, Arsenal, although I don't have much hope for Arsenal um, uh, in the Champions League. You've got the likes of Liverpool, who you would expect to go on, at least get to the final Europa yeah. League. West Ham have got track record in, in Europa League conference as well, uh, of going to the last stages. Villa, I expect to win the conference, uh, Europa Conference. Because of you guys going deep into the competition, I mm. believe, in my opinion, that will tip the balance by mm. the end of the season in that we will mm. outscore Italy. So for me, I still think fifth is possible. And mm. this is why I, I agree with you. I'm gonna I'll get your thoughts in a in a second, Chris, as well. But I think, and I've set my targets now. I've dropped my targets. I thought we'd be top four competitive, and I 
put my chest out at the beginning of the season and said that. Now I'm saying I think fifth and sixth is definitely the target for Newcastle United. But Chris, mm-hmm. what do you think in your opinion? I, I, I agree with LB, to be honest. I think I think I think you should always aim as high as you can. And you know, if if we ended up fifth or sixth, I'd be really happy. But I yeah. think we should still aim top four. And I know I, I got I got pelters for that the other week, didn't I? Saying that I still think we can get top four because I still believe I still believe Villa are kind of riding the crest of a wave here. I, I don't see Villa lasting like like they have done. Fantastic star, Unai Emery, great manager. Not doubting them. They've got some very good players, but I just think Villa fall away. And we saw, didn't we, last season, boys, that you know Liverpool went on that fantastic run in the second half of the season and they very nearly caught us. And at one point, I think when there was like eight, nine, ten games left, like Newcastle were way, way ahead for top four. And then all of a sudden, with two or three games to go, it was like, oh my God, Liverpool are going to catch. So th- there's definitely an opportunity there. There's still an opportunity. And I think the higher that you aim, if you fall just short, you're going to land in around fifth or sixth, which is really, would based on the start of the season and based on the few injuries that LB says, based on the few injuries that Newcastle have had this season, um, fifth or sixth wouldn't wouldn't be a bad return. And it's guaranteed Europe again next season, whether that's Champions League or Europa League. Um, and God, God help, yeah, God help Lawless if we end up finishing seventh and go in the Conference League because I think I think we'd be favourites for the Conference League next season if we end up <laughs> in that. Yeah, you know what, Chris? Yeah, for me, obviously, you guys play them at the end of the month. You got to win. You got to win that game because if you you're saying you still got a chance of getting the top four, and listen, there's still a chance. I think it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sitting here saying Chris, you're mad, but um, I think it's I think it's a bit of a stretch. If if you think there is a chance, you got to beat Villa. You gotta beat Villa at, at at the end of the month. That that is a madness. But for me, this comes back to what I think we spoke the last time we did the preview uh, for the first game. You guys need to win a piece of silverware quick because the quicker you win that silverware, yeah, because that's what your fans want, right? I know that's what your fans want because we were the same when we got. You want to win that silverware now. Luckily for us, we won it quite quickly. Yeah, we won it in in twenty ten, twenty eleven when we won the FA Cup. Right. What that does is then it takes the pressure off those domestic cups. Right, because when you get knocked out of a cup, now you guys are proper gutted. And obviously, I'm gutted as well, but you're gutted because, again, it's no silverware. And let's be honest, Newcastle are, are not going to win the, the Premier League or the Champions League right now. So it's like disappointing. If you can win a piece of silverware, you can then not disrespect the cups, but whilst you're in this sort of club building phase, you can sort of like really start to focus on the Premier League and your fans will kind of accept it. Because you've had that silverware and they get it. Fans are not stupid. They're like, no, we need to be getting in that in that top four. But whilst you've still got this hold in your back where fans rightly want to see you lift a piece of silverware, whether it's a Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, whichever one, it's it, you've got to almost fight on all fronts. So you're fighting all fronts. You're fighting in the league. You're fighting in the Champions League to try and get into the next... The next you, you can't disrespect any of the two um, cup competitions. Because imagine if Eddie Howe puts out a really weak team and you get knocked out. Your fans are going to go crazy. Say, what are you doing? We're not going to trophy in 30-odd years. So you need to win this silver. And this is why, I don't want to keep bringing this up, lads, but this is why last year against United was so big because you guys were the better team in that game. And if you would have won that game, yeah, this season, you could have took it a little bit easy in the domestic cups and just said, kind of like put it to one side a little bit, especially with your injuries. You had the perfect excuse. Really focus on the Premier League and really focus on the Champions League. That, for me... It's got to be like one of the main targets for Newcastle over the next 18 months is you've got to win a piece of silverware, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, first of all, we need to beat 
Fulham away because that's our best chance of silverware is in the FA Cup. That's for sure. And um, yeah, uh, that is that, that. I think that'll be one of the big games for Eddie Howe now. The Champions League and the Carabao Cup is out the way. Um, just want to give a shout out. 160 plus in the chat. Great to have you in the chat as well. So many questions in, and we'll get to them to LB in just a second. So thank you for tuning in, and make sure you click that like button and make sure you subscribe to the channel. Thank you for all your support um, so far tonight and so far this week. We've had some great content um, out this week. Um, so if you haven't watched any of that content and we'll plug it towards the end, uh, make sure you do. Um, guys, we're going to get into the game now. I want to get um, LB's um, predictions um, and his positions and his starting lineup and all the rest of it. But of course, um, we always start with the, the match build-up with a few stats from this man. Even like magic, he appears. Um, good evening, Double Stato, Keith Roll. How are you um, on this fine Thursday evening? And of course, what stats have you got for us this week? Yeah, we're all okay. Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, after last Saturday's results. Hopefully, it's the uh, foundation to get the season going again. Um, got a load of stats here. Um, slightly trimmed, but I've still got a few stats. Um, so. Newcastle's record against Man City uh, in the Premier League era. Played 47 games, won eight, drawn nine, uh, and lost 30. Um, yeah. so quite a few there. And also as well, quite a number of goals in this fixture. There's been 98 for Man City and 43 for Newcastle. And Man City have also got the better defensive record, 22 clean sheets to eight for Newcastle. Um, Newcastle have just won one of the last 32 Premier League games um, against City with uh, five draws and 22, 26 defeats with the only the 2-1 win in January 2019. Um, Man City have won seven of the last eight against Newcastle as well um, and they've had an average of three goals in their four of the last six games. Moving on to players, Phil Foden... Um, He's made a lot of contributions. He's made seven uh, contributions to goals in his last 10 Premier League appearances. Four goals, three assists. And uh, since Christmas, he's uh, created the most uh, chances in open play in the Premier League. Just a few stats to round off. Um, Man City have scored uh, in the past 30 Premier League games against Newcastle. And that's the longest run they've had against a Premier League team. Um, Newcastle uh, beat uh, Man City 1-0 uh, earlier this season at St James's Park in the Carabao Cup um, and they haven't beaten City twice in the same season uh, since 1983-1984 when Kevin Keegan was playing uh, back in the days of um, the uh, old championship uh, second division 
Um, Newcastle have taken 24 points from 10 Premier League games at home this season with four uh, with eight wins and two draws. Only Aston Villa with 28 points and Liverpool with 26 have taken more from home. And um, Newcastle have never suffered consecutive home losses under Eddie Howe. And those are the stats for this evening. Brilliant stuff as always, Keith. Great stats and uh, not pleasant reading overall with regards to Newcastle Man City. But look, hey, as we as we climb, as we build, uh, hopefully um, we're able to to put that right, shall we say? Um, but look, let's uh, let's get to um, uh, the tactics board and let's have a look at the tactics board. Hopefully, you guys can see that on the screen. Um, LB, talk us through your. Um, lineups, fellow. Um, what, what you're going for? What's it going to look like? You just said there's a few players coming back in potentially. Is it going to change? Yeah, I don't know. Am I doing what I would do? Is this f football manager or is this uh, what I think Pep's going to do? What we're doing? <laughs> However you want, mate. Yeah, the floor is yours. Uh, okay, let's do what I don't know. It's always difficult to predict Pep, but okay, let's go with what I think is going to what he's going to do. So, um, yeah, we got Edison. Obviously, he's going to play. Playing goal, and then right back. Um, I think it's probably going to be Kyle Walker, um, who who's had a bit of a weird season, to be honest with you. It's not well, actually been a fan of him this season, have you? Nah, not really. I say not his fault. Some of it is his fault, but Pep's been playing him in a, in a weird position, man. Like he's been playing him further forward, and he's not really that type of guy. So um, yeah, maybe a Kanji could have come and played right back, but. I think it's probably maybe a bit too soon. He, he had a bit of a he had a bit, bit of a knock. Um, Centre backs, I would go Ruben Diaz, and I think he's probably going to go. Um, probably Ake, maybe Ake. Okay. And then he'll probably play Gavardi or left back. But mm. but I don't know about Gavardi. I'm pretty sure I don't know. Luke, LB 1998 in the chat. He's a City fan. I don't know. Is Gavardiol is Gavardiol available? Because he did go down holding his shoulder at the end of the last game. I've not heard anything on that one. So yeah, that's probably that's probably going to be the back line. Okay. That's probably going to be the defence. Interesting. Um, talk us through your midfield then. Midfield and forward line. Yeah, best midfield in the world. Rodri. He's going to play in in the DM position. He's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to... Well, not I think. He's 100% going to play Phil Folding. Um, I don't know what he's doing if, if he doesn't play Phil Folding. Left side of a midfield. I, I mean, might play, might play on the right, but we'll see. Yeah. More infield. More infield. Yeah, about there. Yeah. Um, who else would we play in the middle? Is Maybe. Bernardo Silva fit? Uh, yeah, Bernardo Silva is fit. Yeah, he was oh. ill, but he, he, he's available now. I think he'll go... Hmm, Kovacic. I think we'll go Matteo Kovacic. Yeah. around here? Yeah, something like that. But but Kovacic might play left folding on the right. Like they, they can yeah. switch up a little bit. Like it's very you know, they're very fluid like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably our midfield, bro. So happy with that. Okay. Forward line, talk us through. Yeah, so it's probably gonna be Jack Grealish on the left. Ah. Okay. And I would think um I mean, I'd love, I'd love Doku to play, but I just don't think he's going to risk him. I just don't think he's going to risk him from, from the start. It'll be Alvarez up top, and it will probably be Bernardo Silva right wing. Okay. 
Interesting. Um, so, um, KDB, Harland, you thinking? Bench, bro. Or bench, Docker as well? Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think City had... I think City are taking this super cautious, super, super cautious. And um, I think they'll bench them. You'll probably see them come off the bench, yeah. but um, you will see them. But I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if they started. Not a bad team there, Chris, eh? I know. Do you know what? I was just looking through it, just like, oh, my God. I mean, uh, I, I, again, I completely agree with LB when he talks about Rodri. Like, Rodri's just phenomenal, isn't he? He's just something else. Best in the world. Yeah. Uh, when Casemiro came in at that point, when he went to Man United, I would have had him as Dan as the best in the world because he was coming from Real Madrid and what he'd done there. He was unbelievable. But Rodri has definitely taken that mantle, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see anyone better than him. And he plays such a unique game because not only is he fantastic defensively, he has got the ability to get forward and he does cause problems um, getting forward as well and scores um, a decent number of goals for someone that plays so defensively. So he does have the, the whole lot. Um, Chris, talk us through your teammate. What, what, what you're going for? And we'll get Keith to critique it. Yeah, absolutely. So in goal, uh, it will be Martin Zabaka. Yeah. Uh, right back, I expect it will be Kevin Trippier. Okay. Um, Centre-back, Perrin. Uh, the one that we all love. I think it'll be Sven Botman on the left and it'll be Fabian Schaar on the right. Yeah, great to have those two back, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, no, as a pairing. Um and then on the left, I think I think he'll stick with Dan Bain. I think he'll I think he'll go Dan Bain left back. Um that that's his preferred back four, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um defensive midfielder, I think he'll be Bruno. Yeah. And then on the right-hand side of the midfield, hmm. I don't know whether to go for Louis Louis Marley here. I think okay. it might be Louis Marley. Yeah. On the left, yeah. Uh, on the right, sorry. Oh, on the right, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he'll go on the right, and I think on the left will be Joe Linton. Joe Linton be fit? You think? I, I, yeah. Uh, there's rumours that he, that he might miss this game and he might be back for Villa. Mm. I mean, we need him. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. me just being hopeful, Pete. I don't know. I mean, it... He picked up a groin injury on Saturday. He picked up yeah. a groin injury on yeah, Saturday. As soon as the second goal went in, they took him off straight away. So yeah. whether they try to minimise the, the risk, I don't know. I, I saw that as precautionary, but maybe 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 I'm wrong. We'll tell you what, let, let's go... Let's go with. Hmm. Let's go with Sean Longstaff on the left then. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that would probably it if Joe Litton misses this game. Yeah. On the left, I expect it'll be Anthony Gordon. Yep. On the right, Miggy Armadon. Impressive performance in the derby, so I think he he'll get his start. And then yeah. through the middle, the big man, the second best striker in the league, Alexander Isak. Definitely. 13 goals to his name already this season. Only five away from Callum Wilson's target or, or end of season target, which was 18. Um, and yet he is, there's big, big things to come from him. There's no doubt. And it'll be really, really interesting to see how he comes up against these boys. Um, that's for sure. Um, on Saturday, Keith, are you in agreement with this formation? Yeah, I'd love to be contentious and I'd love to just rip the team apart. But uh, again, we're just not 
we haven't really got those embarrassment of riches, have we really? Uh, so I'm going to be boring. I'm going to agree with everything Chris has said. Uh, I agree with the point mainly about uh, Sean Longstaff. I think it could bite us in the backside again if we bring back uh, Joe Linton in the side and he hasn't fully recovered. It happened earlier in the season, didn't it? I think, with Joe Linton, where he came on and he had to go off. So uh, I, I wouldn't want to risk Joe Linton, I think. Short and long staff, really. Uh, and then hopefully Joe Linton will be back for the Villa game. Mm. Yeah, it'd be the smart move just to just to kind of look after him and make sure, because he has had a bit of an injury-rabid season, Joe Linton has. Picked up a number of injuries, which is not like him, um, uh, that have kept him out. But um, just to kind of minimise, uh, you know, the second half of the season and picking up injuries probably would be the best thing. Uh, Elbim, just going to ask you really quickly... Um, if you're Man City, where are you targeting Newcastle to get your ins to win the game? Midfield. Uh, that's where I'd, that's where I just try and swarm the midfield, dominate that midfield of Bruno. I thought Bruno, I can't lie, man. Last year I loved him, but this year when I've watched him, I don't think he's been particularly great. Um, I watched a, what Newcastle the game watched recently, and he was just like blowing hard, man. It was just like he just looks gassed. I don't know whether it's because he's not got the protection in there. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'd be looking at that midfield and just say, let's get on the ball inside that midfield. Maybe maybe play for uh, Alvarez as a false nine and maybe try and get four players in that midfield and just try and dominate it. Um, and just try and sneak a win. I'm, I'm not confident. I'm not confident in, in, in a win, personally. Um, I'm not buying this nonsense that, oh, uh, Newcastle are in bad form at the moment. They're, they're rubbish tape. Nah, you're telling me, I guarantee you, yeah, that place is absolutely rocking on, on, on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna turn it up, and it's gonna be a tough game. I'm not that confident to be honest with you. So I just want to sneak a win. I don't care how we get it. Just get me a win. And well, LB, LB, we're struggling right now. We're we've got injuries. We're in a difficult moment right now. That team looked look very injury prone to me. That's a good start in eleven, man. It's a good start in eleven. And that Isak, I'm telling you, he's the second best striker in the league. I know, I know, um, Watkins might have a few assists and that, but I think this Isak fella. That goal he you know, scored against Liverpool. Was it Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool yeah. at Anfield when you got battered. Yeah. That goal, yeah. man, yeah, that finish was out of this world. It, yeah. There's not many people that do that to Alisson. There's not many people in, yeah. in, in football that do that to Alisson. But he sat him down with that little dink over, over into the corner. Brilliant finish. He, he's ice cold. The guy is ice cold in yeah. front of the goal. Um, so I'm always confident when he's there uh, that he's going to do the business. That's for sure. Pete, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, go on. Sorry, Keith. Go he, scored on, three. he scored three at Anfield as well. One of them got chalked off at Anfield incorrectly last year by a yeah, shadow. Right. Bar, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, no, that's right. I was going to say, Pete, you might kill me. I'm going to mention two things. You might kill me for the second one, but people in the chat are saying it, so I'm going to have to mention it. Go for um, it. Firstly, I, want to, I was going to save this till the end, LB, but I'm going to bring it up now because you've said it twice. I, I had a discussion, I think I can't remember if it was on this show or whether it was just privately with Pete. And I we were we were deliberating about Isaac and Harlands. And you know, I, I, I think I said a while ago I thought Alexander Isaac was the second best striker in the league. And then obviously, you know, he's he's kicked on even more this season for me. And I wanted to ask you the question. Do you think because my, my, my argument was that you could argue that Isaac's the more complete striker than Haaland. Haaland's a better finisher. Haaland, Haaland's like a machine. I get that. And, you know, not many people would swap Haaland. But I wanted to ask you, do you think, given the opportunity, that Pep Guardiola would swap Haaland for Isaac? 
Nah, nah, bro. He was, he's not, not not to fit in his team. Nah, bro. The guy scored fifty odd goals, man, in his first <laughs> season, and he's on like twenty two, and he's missed a month or, or, or maybe even um, a bit more. Nah, not 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 a chance, bro. Not a chance. He's swapping. Nah, nah. Harlan's the best striker in the world right now for me. He's he's, he's just a freak. Fifty oh, goals in his first year. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Harlan, as a, uh, like the only reason I ask is, and it's probably because it's Pep, and because because you know Pep Pep's like. He's a perfectionist, isn't he? And like, he's, I watch Isaac sometimes and I think to myself, like, Pep would love him in the team. You know, the way he just drifts around and he's constantly, you know, pressing. And Har you put Haaland in, in front of goal, Haaland scored. Simple as. He is a goal machine. He's, a, he's, he's brilliant. No one's better at goal scoring than Haaland. But I just thought, just as like a, you know, like a, an all round striker. Because Pep loves, doesn't he, to have those players who can kind of do it all. Yeah, I think that's underrated in his game, though, Chris. I think a lot of people say that about Harden. I do think it's an underrated aspect of his game. I remember when, when he was signed and you heard people saying, oh, his touch is this, his touch is that. His, his, touch, is, his touch is fine. You know what I mean? He's, 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 I think he's a really good all-round player. And people maybe just say that because he gets the goals and maybe think that's where he's... I don't think it is a particular weakness of his game. You know, people said when he signed for City... He, he, he's not great at heading the ball. He had five headed goals by December. So I, I really just struggle to see any weaknesses with this guy. You know what I mean? And and yeah, I think he's on like 22, 24 goal involvements already in the season. And he's not played a game since beginning of December, maybe late November. So um, yeah, no, Isak certainly the second best. I don't think I'd swap him. But um, yeah, he, he's, he's slamming it right now. He is. Yeah. I, had to, I had to ask the question. And then the second thing, Pete, and this is where you may kill me, the chat go mental asking for a combined 11. Uh, I don't know how long it'd take because, uh, you know, you're looking at that city side and it's pretty, pretty good, isn't it? But, I think I mean, you probably... What, what, I mean, what we could do, I suppose, you could just say to LB, which of those players would you take in your team? Because we, we, we could... Uh, that's probably the better, easier yeah, way to do it. Yeah, Definitely. I would take Bruno out of that team. Where would he play? Where Kovacic plays? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just play him next to Kovacic and, and maybe get him and Rodri playing in a bit of a double pivot and just let Phil Foden free. See, this is where I think Bruno will play. If if and when, and I want to get your opinion on this really quickly because I know um, time's short and I know you've got a stream to do as well, um, LB. This is where I think Bruno will play. Where Kovacic is, I mean for Newcastle though, because it's a similar setup. Yeah. When or if, if and when we get Calvin Phillips. Now, I don't know what you think about the Calvin Phillips move um, uh, to Newcastle United, if and when it's happening. It looks like it potentially could happen in the next couple of weeks. But could moving Bruno further up with Calvin Phillips sitting in there be, be, be the, the improvement that you need to his game? Yeah, so maybe play him together in a two and let, let Bruno go forward a little bit, or let Phillips go forward. Whoever's the better going, whoever's better going forward, let let them maybe go further forward and play him in a two because um, Phillips is is not blessed with pace. He's a bit slow, um, so you have to play him in a two. This is why it works well for England. And I know we all agree that he shouldn't really be in the England squad because he never plays for City, and that's not really how it should work. But the reason he plays well for England is because he has Declan Rice sat next to him that he works well in a two. The problem, the reason he doesn't work at City because he don't play at two at City. No. We don't play in a two. We have one. That's you, Fernandinho. That's you. You're on your own. You're Rodri. You're on your own. You don't get no help. And this is why sometimes they get a little bit isolated because if you get an opposition that swarms them, there's no one else there. So 
Mm. Yeah, potentially. But then who's going to be your creative player? Because if you think, if you, if you have, because I, I, I don't think you can you can play Bruno in that cover touch position. And it's effectively what you're saying is you drop Rodri and have, have Phillips in there is what your midfield would be. I don't, yeah. so you, but you'd need, so then that would work if you've got someone like a Phil Foden. Who would be your ultra creative player in that, in that role? Well, Bruno, Bruno is our ultra creative midfielder out, out of all of them. But, you know, um, Joe Linton's the dominator. So where, mm. where Foden is, is where Joe Linton plays. He's the dominator. He's the box to box midfielder. He's kind of the batter ram that wins the ball back and the recoveries. Mm-hmm. But we have Longstaff, who's who does the same job, maybe not as good as a dominator, but he does the workman-like stuff back and forth on the right-hand side. And then Bruno's normally the creator where Rodri is, but mm. Bruno wants to play further forward and be involved more in attacks, in attack building. Do you think he's got that in his locker, Bruno? Those I cute passes in behind, the goals from the edge of the box, etc. Genuine question, I don't know. Not sure of on the shooting. Mm. I I'm not sure on the shooting because I don't the like the way he strikes the ball. Yeah, it's not, it's not like it. isn't it? No. See, for me, I think for, for my limited time of watching Bruno, that he would more suit the Kovacic role, which would then mean you still need a creative player for your folding, the guy who really goes forward. Now, you could potentially play Joel Linton in there, but I don't I don't know if he's got the cuteness of no. feeding Isak in behind, you know, and, 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 and that sort of stuff. So maybe... Maybe that's you know a, a move for the summer. You could get someone like that. I don't know Tanali. What could Tanali could do? Obviously, that was a bit of a blow. But yeah, I don't know. Listen, Phillips will work well if he's got support around him. He needs someone next to him, like England, like De- Declan Rice. Are you are you not taking Sven Botman, LB? Um Botman over Ake? No, no, no. I wouldn't take anyone over Ake. He's our best defender. He's absolutely magnificent. He was he was our best defender last year. Chris in a treble winning yep. side. Really? He was very yeah. good last season. He was unbe- he's unbelievable, was he, was mate. He playing, never... Wasn't he playing on the left? Yeah, he was. Left. He was playing left he back, yeah. yeah. And then he brought in Guardiola. Now Guardiola's playing left back and Ake is moved inside a bit. Yeah. Most people want to see Ake back out on the left and Guardiola inside. He played but... his best football out there last season. Yeah, yeah, and Guardiola probably plays better in the middle, but Pep mm. Guardiola just loves Guardiola on the wing for some reason. It's I don't know why, but yeah, he just loves him on the on the wing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. Um, look, we're, we're going to be looking at Gordon and Isaac is, is our main ones to affect the game. Um, Miguel Almiron will, will be there to press high and be part of that unit, that's for sure. I'm not going to talk too much on that because I think the fans are going to be crucial in this game. I think Isaac's going to be crucial, Bruno, Gordon, for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, Botman and Shaw are going to have to be absolutely switched on because you know your attacking tent is is there for all to see um it's going to be a real interesting one uh that's for sure but um look um i know we're we're, we're short on time is there a question quick quick fire one two questions before we get to predictions i want to get lb's prediction and of course um keith's prediction um, as well as ours, Chris, before we, we head out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. First of all, just want to say a big thank you to Colin Nickel. Colin, thank you yes. very much for the super chat, as always, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for that, mate. Um, in terms of questions, yeah, there's been a few interesting ones, actually. Tom Dixon asks, um, LB, who do you think City will bring in in January, if anyone, and who do you think will leave the club? Um, no one will, I don't think we'll sign anyone, and Calvin Phillips will leave. I think that's it. Do you think he's coming Can to Newcastle? Castle? Uh, potentially, I mean, you guys probably need a midfielder. Um, as you know, Tanali's out, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? 
I back him as well. I think it'd be a good move for him. Just needs to play football, though. That's that's the question. Will he play? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, Tom Dixon also asks you, LB, where do you expect Newcastle to finish? Now I know you mentioned before fifth or sixth would be good, but where where do you think we'll finish? Well, you should be finishing inside the top four, but um, you'll finish. Mm, I think you'll finish sixth. Sixth, yeah. Um, let's see. Top four finishing both players. And yeah, another another Tom Dixon one. I'll leave it on this one, LB, because uh, I'm conscious of time. But uh, do you think City will win the Premier League this season? I think we'll win the Premier League. I think we'll win the Champions League. <laughs> but I don't think we'll win the FA Cup for some weird reason. I don't think we'll win it. So, uh, I thought, yeah, I thought I you were we'll doing a pen drop then, LB. I was expecting you to just go boom <laughs> and then just <laughs> Newcastle for the FA Cup, LB? Newcastle? Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I think we'll win the Prem. I think we'll win the Champions League. But the FA Cup, I, I, I feel like if like we've got Spurs, We've already we've already won the Club World Cup. We won the UEFA Super Cup, and I feel like he might just think, you know what? Do I really need the FA Cup? I can just focus on the Prem and the Champions League, and what a season that would be. This is what I mean about you guys needing to win a trophy. Once you've won a trophy, you can sort of like focus on what you actually want to focus on. Yeah, and that's why you need to you need to win some, boys. And I was very disappointed last year when you didn't beat United. I was rooting for you, man. <laughs> we were rooting for ourselves. Don't hey. worry about that. Yeah, sorry, um, man. sorry to keep bringing that up. I should probably stop talking about that. Sorry, it's still a sore point. It's coming up to a year as well. So yeah, thanks for that, LB. But uh, uh, we uh, we look, we'll get to the predictions and look, LB. I'll, I'll get your prediction out of the way um, because I know you, you've got to set up your, your own stream um, in, in just a second. So look, what, what are you going for, fella? What, what do you think? I know you said you weren't confident before. Uh, I'm gonna back my team. Obviously, I'm gonna go for two one. I am not confident at all, man. I'm not. I just don't believe all these people that keep on saying, "Oh, Newcastle are rubbish, bro." You'll smack them up three 0 Short man. That's not how football works. <laughs> oh, but Liverpool battered them the other week. Yeah, but there was at Anfield. This isn't at Anfield. This isn't at City. This is at your gaff. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go for two one City. But okay. I, it's not that confident. No, nah, good stuff. And look, look, I'll let you go at this point now. But where can people find you and your stuff? I know you're doing a preview. Hopefully, I get to, to jump on that in, in a second. And, and yeah, um, man. So my personal channel is it's LB, um, mainly city stuff, but I do other stuff as well on there. Um, and then I'm on Football Twelve Man with Dan, um, Pete, Lawless, Billy, Errol. I've got everyone there, Pete. And United. Dan United, yeah. Mars, so, uh, Mars when he turns up, when Brighton win, when Brighton win, he'll turn up. Um, <laughs> and then just yeah, where, wherever will have me, I'm on, man. I love talking football. So yeah, big up to everyone in the chat. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you smash a like on these on this stream for the boys. Um, and yeah, cheers, cheers, Pete, cheers, uh, cheers, Chris, and was it Keith? Keith? Keith, yeah. Big up, Keith. Thanks, man. Top man. You take care, fella. I'll see you cheers, shortly. Boys. Take care, Albie. Um. Great to have LB on, uh, talking facts. And uh, yeah, if you haven't w listened to the first part of the show where we was talking about the, the FFP discussion, uh, you need to listen to that because as a Man City fan, uh, I think he was absolutely talking absolute facts yeah, in was. regards to that. Um, 110%, he knows his stuff. Um, Chris, I'm going to come to you. Prediction time. It's not the confidence that we would like to think in this game, but what are you bringing to the table, fella? Come on. Do you know what? LB's given me a little bit more confidence here. LB's given me a little bit more confidence. Um, 
Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Desmond. I'm gonna go for Desmond. I'm gonna say two two. I'm gonna say two two. He's he's had you up, hasn't he? He's uh, he's he's best with you. He's best with your head. I know. I know. Here's where he smashes three nil now, and I'll be like, I'll be. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I feel I'm feeling confident myself. <laughs> but, but maybe not the Desmond. Um, I'm 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 sticking. I thought this the other day, and I'll stick to it. I, th- I think it. I think it could. I'm, I'm going to always be back in Newcastle United at St James Park, so I get exactly what you're saying, Chris, and I'm the same. Um, some people will say, "Oh, you're mad." Tell uh, you know, Man City, the travel winners, blah blah blah. But I just think at St James's Park, we've always got a chance. So I'm going to yeah. go one-one. I liked. I lo- uh, sorry, I didn't like it. I loved it. Uh, Keith Start, when didn't you say before, Keith, that we've never lost two two games on the bounce at home? Yeah, it's come on, Keith, so come on, Keith. Yeah, it's happening, it's happening, definitely 100%. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go one one, I'm gonna stick to that. And uh, look, Keith, we're gonna leave it with you. What yeah, I've got are you thinking this week? Two lanes of thought. Um, so if VL switched off for City, um, and City have got a little bit of a hangover, and you know Newcastle are bang on form, and they want to put a continue on that derby win, and the you know they want to have a Brit another really good home form in front of a raucous crowd, and I think that potentially it could be that. It could be that, but I have a realistic score as well. And the realistic score is slightly different. Um, So it could go the other way as well. My realistic score that I've been thinking of as well uh, is a little bit more in line with with LB. Okay. City might have a little bit just too much class on night. Newcastle might have a moment where the crowd go wild, and that's with uh, an Isaac goal because I think Isaac's got the quality. He might have a little bit too much quality, especially with De Bruyne potentially coming back at some stage in the game. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's a fair shout, and you know we, we are we are playing against Man City, so totally, totally, uh, totally understand that, Keith. But it's just a feeling, isn't it? I, I don't know. It's just a feeling, and I tell you what, we LB was talking earlier, wasn't he, Pete, about? Was needing to have a strong start, strong second half to the season. What a way to crack, What a way to start that off. If what ever there was a game, if ever there was a game where we'd be thinking pessimistically, it was that League Cup game, the Carabao Cup game against City, and we rolled it out. And we managed to get the win against the odds, and that was a, a threadbare Newcastle lineup that night. So it can be done. You can get a result against City if you have a good start. Definitely, um, there is there is no doubt about it. You you can and uh, Keith, I'm a, I'm gonna t- I, I can I can only take your first answer only. So uh, I'm gonna stick with the one one, uh, and, and we're gonna be one one buddies, uh, and we're all gonna be draw buddies. The same because Chris draw has gone buddies. for the Desmond, we've yeah. gone for the one ones, and that's what we're gonna stick to. So we're gonna stick with the positivity there. But uh, no, I, I, I honest hundred percent understand. Um, 
what you're saying with regards to those predictions. And of course, everyone's expecting Man City to win, which is why I think LB is a little bit apprehensive about the fact that everyone's expecting them to win when they're coming to St. James's Park. Because I think everyone now realises outside of Newcastle, well, we know it anyway, but outside of Newcastle, they start, they're now starting to realise how difficult of a place St. James's Park is. And under the lights, St. James's Park, anything's possible. Um, and so it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, just to put it out there, we've had 170 plus during the show tonight. Um, if you haven't already, click those likes and make sure. If you haven't clicked the likes, click the like. And if you're new to the channel, subscribe to the channel. We've had so many new subscribers to the channel over the course of the last couple of weeks. That's some great content on the channel. Thank you for all your support. Um, if you haven't already, make sure that you get involved um, and check out um, some of the shows that we've already done um, in in the you know in the previous weeks um, uh, that have gone by. First and foremost, um, going way back to New Year's Day, um, Kieran Maguire. He talks everything um, FFP uh, financially related. All the questions that you needed to know. Check that out. Um, brilliant, brilliant show. And this week in particular, uh, we had Zach Lowey. Uh, come on to talk all things um, full loaded transfer show and give his opinions from various different players that he threw to the table. Um, just give that one a check out. Brilliant, brilliant show. And of course, um, yesterday we had a, another full loaded transfer show, this time with a familiar face, Ben Jacobs, a brilliant, brilliant show where he talked specifically the, the, you know, the Saudi players and various other players that have been linked with Newcastle United, including the likes of Calvin Phillips, um, Sean Longstaff, and a number of others as well. So make sure you check out those shows on um, on our platform, on YouTube. Um, give a big shout out to all our sponsors. Massive thank you to the Radiator Shed, Russ and the team at theradiatorshed.com. Huge thank you to, your, to you and for your continued support with the channel. Um, they provide top quality materials made from plates, still providing longevity. Uh, aluminium rads are environmentally friendly and perfect for heat source pumps. And they offer a home survey service and will install if required. And there's just a little, little tiny sample there of some of the quality radiators that are available for you. And uh, whilst we're here, massive thank you to Bathroom Design Co. H2O. Um, fantastic fantastic bathrooms that you can see on here that are available to you. Um, some new new picks and new um, um, sort of a, a new showroom available um, for all of our sponsors uh, coming up very, very shortly. So keep an eye on that um, in the shows to come. Um, Jordan, Liam and Dom and the team at Newcastle World scan the QR code um, and support um, Newcastle World and all the content that they put out. Um, and their NUFC newsletters. If you want to become a member, click that blue button. You can do it on laptop only. Um, if you want to become a loaded ultra um, to the team, uh, click that button. And then the fantastic prize draws, which, Chris, you put out yesterday, the prize draw, um, fantastic £50 voucher um, that went to George Hayes. Um, if you want to be a part of that for the next prize draw, get involved. Um, so you have to be a loaded ultra to make sure that you are part of that as well. And of course, finally, 
Catch us on all our socials. So you may be following us on X, um, but we are on more than that. We are on Instagram. We are on TikTok. Um, we have our shows that go live um, on YouTube, but we also have those playbacks on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. We are all over the gaff, is what people say. So make sure that you look at all the different platforms that Lodi Mag NFC is on. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, like Russian and um, H2O Bathrooms, um, you can contact us. Loaded mag NUFC info at gmail.com and uh, bring your inquiries for your business, whether it's local, whether it's bigger, doesn't matter. Bring your inquiries to us and we'll always get back in touch with you and um, talk um, inquiries with regards to building your business with Loaded Mag NUFC. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to end it there. Thank you to so many in the chat, all of your support. Um, over the course of this week and in particular tonight. Um, so many um, still in the chat right now. If you haven't already, um, click that like, come and subscribe to the channel. Spotify is great, Dono, you're absolutely right. Um, and there's many others that um, are part of the channel as well. Keith, stats are fantastic as always. Great to have you on, absolute pleasure. And hopefully our predictions are right whether it's 2-2 or 1-1 hopefully we get the points on the board and then everybody's happy that's for sure thank you to everyone in the chat um you guys take care and of course we do love playing away chris take us home i don't know what to say do i say how i've just seen that comment from tom dixon but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it anyway how'd you like that how'd you like that Isaac will come when he bags the winner. Ooh. Take care, boys and girls. See you later. You guys, I know you're a fan of 12th Man Podcast. For those of you that come and watch on a Monday night, the main man, Dan Potts, is on right now. Um, so click over to the 12th Man Podcast. He's got a special show on at this moment. So go and join the show and show your support. Thank you, guys. We're out.